Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fleekazoid podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just a really quick note. I'm really sorry about my audio. I have a very echoey room. This is the best way I can edit it. I'm so sorry. Okay, let's move on. Today's topic is when you just don't want to move on. And I know you think, is she about to yell at me in this episode? Actually, no. I actually realize what it feels like when you don't want to move on. When you have the move on police surrounding you at every angle, telling you what you should feel. Because when you just don't want to move on, the best thing that you can do for yourself is admit it. And it feels like you're saying every curse word in the book all at once. It feels like you're walking outside naked. It feels forbidden to sit there with yourself and be like, yeah, no, I don't want to move on. Being in this position can be very confusing and frustrating because you know that you should move on. You realize that you are tolerating things that you should not tolerate. You have everyone in your life who loves you begging you to move on. There are people telling you that you don't love yourself. There are people calling you annoying. You might even actually feel annoying yourself. You might realize that you keep asking for advice that you don't take. Yes, today's episode is for you because what you're feeling is valid and I've been you with multiple people. Well, two specifically. And you might think I'm talking about the Scorpio. No, I'm talking about two other people that I haven't talked about ever on this podcast. And it's because, um, yeah, it's kind of embarrassing. One was six years and the other was four. And the four-year one wasn't even actually in a relationship with me. So yes, I have been that girl who couldn't leave her dookie boyfriend and I have been that girl who couldn't move on from a man who wasn't my man. But it's not about me today. It's about you. So let's talk about it. When you're in a situation like this, you find yourself actively weighing the cost of what it means to be with this person. And sometimes the cost of that is wasted nights from plans that don't come to fruition. Sometimes you have to deal with the fact that they don't stick to promises or that maybe they let you down every now and then by not coming through on a major holiday, maybe even ruining a holiday or an event, a birthday, something that matters to you. Maybe they don't treat you the way that you feel like you should be treated. You have to beg them to open up doors for you. Anything that makes you feel like if you ran back and you told your friends or your coworkers, they would give you the side eye and they would wonder, why are you choosing to put up with this? Why are you choosing to live like that? And you just think, well, I already love this person. They're already in my life. I've met their family. In some ways, you might already be enmeshed. You might even be so far down the rabbit hole that you don't know who you are without the relationship, which makes it even worse. But you're actively weighing out the cost and you're always telling yourself, it's worth it. I love them. And you don't realize what it's actually doing to you mentally or what it's doing to you and your friends and your family to watch you be treated that way. Another thing that makes the situation difficult is if you actually do decide to leave. Let's say that you're one of those people who does those on and off relationships. I know because I've done it myself. When you're going through that, you have this window where you're like, I'm going to find someone better than them. But what happens when you don't? For me, I remember one of these men that I dated had this really nice, clean, well-decorated space. The word that I used to describe it was that it had a woman's touch. It literally looked like a woman decorated it. And I just felt like nobody ever really matched up to the sophistication that came to like the style or the habits or the well-being that that person actively strived for. And it was like, damn, maybe that is the best that I could get. And it just kind of made me think, well, 
as long as there's somebody who's not as good as him, he really is my best option, right? No. In fact, sometimes the best option is being by yourself. And I know it's like, what? Yeah, sometimes self-worth isn't about who wants you. It's about you wanting you. And it's about knowing that just because all these men suck around you is not a reflection of your desirability or your value as a human being. There's this inner message that we've adopted from misogyny and patriarchy and society in general that if a good man doesn't want us, it means that we're not good. All the while, you're making this assumption about yourself and your value based off of one, men in your immediate proximity, which could be school or work, which isn't saying much if you're in your early 20s or mid 20s, and two, you're judging it based off the sea of dust in the dating apps, which please go listen to the podcast episode why I don't like dating apps to know why I feel this way because <laughs> that's a lot to unpack. So of course you're not finding options that you feel like are better than this guy because if you are dealing with people that you know by virtue of proximity, your relationship with them isn't because you guys have similar opinions or talents or skills with the exception of maybe your workplace, which by the way, don't fuck your coworkers, don't fight me on that. You only know them because you both never left your hometown or because you both relocated to this one neighborhood. It's not based on anything about you. And sometimes men in those neighborhoods are just grown a certain way or men who are attracted to certain neighborhoods are just a certain breed of douche, i.e. Miami. Basing the value of yourself based on who wants to date you is absolutely atrocious. Not only because men will quite literally date anything, but because it's not an accurate reflection of your value. Also, somebody could think you are so perfect for them while you could feel like they are so wrong for you. It does not mean shit when someone thinks that you are worth dating. It's kind of like feeling like you ain't shit if you don't have a man during the winter season. Like, babe, no. Having any man just to have a man is far more embarrassing than being alone. You might feel like it's giving you value, but having any man just to have one just because you think that your value isn't valid unless a man sees it? Oh no, honey, nothing lowers your value faster than just picking any dude just to say you have one. So back to the topic. You leave this guy or this guy leaves you and you are put in a position to find something that you feel like is of equal or greater value to you. But then you feel like, wait, there's no one. In fact, I feel like all of these people suck. And sometimes that's because we're rushing out of one relationship and trying to hop into another, hoping that someone's going to give us that same high. I actually think that's one of the biggest mistakes you can make. I think when you're still in the pain and the hurt and you're telling yourself, I'm going to find better, I'm going to do better, I'm going to get with better. I feel like doing this is the fastest way to break your own heart and to send yourself running back to that F boy that you just left or that guy who just dumped you. And it's like, wait, what? Me trying to move on is hurting me? Yeah, because sometimes moving on doesn't quite literally mean finding a new person. It means actually dealing with the emotions and the turmoil and letting yourself be by yourself. And if you are part of the camp of women who feel like, oh my God, no, I must be in a relationship to have value or to feel like I am meeting society's expectations of me, this is a very unattractive idea. This is like, fuck you. What do you want me to do? Like go stand on a wall and stare at a corner? No, but let's be real. If you're not happy by yourself, you're not going to be happy in a relationship. That misery is going to go nowhere. And that heavy expectation of making another person all of your happiness is not only codependent, but it's energy vampire. So you're sad. You might even be miserable alone. And you take that misery with you. And when these guys don't instantly fix it or love bomb you into love bombing them back, you feel like, damn, they all suck ass. I'll never move on. Might as well go back to the guy that I was with before who gave me all the highs and lows that made me feel nice and fuzzy inside. So let's move on to the next point. 
Did you know that the rate of which you fall out of love is different from the rate at which you actually heal? And when I say heal, I mean heal from that high and low dopamine serotonin dependence. That's the sad sinking feeling that you feel in your heart that makes you feel like you literally cannot be happy until you get this person back in your life. If you make your way down to season one of Fleekazoid, the episode Emotional Dysregulation and Limerence, it has a lengthy biology breakdown of why this happens and how to get out of that. I also have a YouTube video about this as well on my official Fleeksy YouTube channel. It's called Why We Miss Toxic People. Go check that out as well. Sometimes you might fall out of love before you actually regain that physical ability. Sometimes you might have the ability come to you before you fall out of love. And you could be one or the other, and they could happen months apart or weeks apart. There is no rhyme or reason. And it doesn't mean that you don't have like a high around this person. It just means that you don't depend on it as heavily. You've learned how to make it on your own naturally again without them. I remember every single day from the hour of 6 to 8 p.m., I would get this heart sinking, gut wrenching feeling of like there was this hole in my heart that was never going to be filled. And leading up to that moment, I would work out. I would walk. I would do yoga, I would eat a meal that made me happy, I would do everything that I could to stop it from actually hitting me. And I would still feel it and my friends would be like, well, I guess your workouts aren't working. And you know what? It's because the workouts weren't therapy, right? I had to do a lot more than just actually work out. I had to work on detachment, I had to work on my intrusive thoughts, I had to work on the fact that acceptance was a big thing. I wasn't willing to accept that these people just didn't want to be in a relationship, period. Not even just with me, but just like with anyone. They just were not relationship material and they just came into dating with very specific goals and I just didn't want to accept that. And when you're living in that depression, even driving around like that can be like, damn, is this as bad as being drunk? It's a very dangerous feeling of sad to live with. And I get why people would try to desperately avoid it to the point where they keep coming back to these people just to regain the feeling of being high or normal. It feels like these people are the pain, but they're also the cure. The thing is, though, you do need time to process the emotions. You need time to emotionally cool down. Yes, working out is a part of it because it does help you regain that ability to like get that dopamine and that serotonin back up naturally through yourself not through other people not through compliments not through like physical interactions and making out there's also this part of your nervous system that needs to be reset which fun fact when you exercise when you release nitrogen dioxide it resets your nervous system which is why it's so beneficial in this case the next half of the battle is something that's completely beyond my control and yours because it relies on you falling out of love and that is going to happen on a moment that disgusts and irritates and just like stresses you out to the point where you just decide enough is enough. And this is where you falling out of love is very reliant on your experiences and your reaction to them. Because I could tell you all day long that I think that you should move on or that I think he's an asshole. I could yell at you. I could get in your face. I could say all these things that could seem very aggressive and kind of like bully you into moving on, but it's not going to actually come from you. Where I come in is that I can help validate your experiences. I can help you realize like, hey, that's fucked up. Hey, you don't need to live like that. There is life outside of that. You have value outside of that relationship. But what I can't do is make you fall out of love. That is something that's going to rely on you. And this is why we can stay in these things for four to six years, maybe 10. Some people 50, dead ass 50. It's why your family can be upset with you. It's why you can lose all your friends. It's why your coworkers can be annoyed and you'll still stay with that person. Doesn't matter how many videos other people send you or how many times your friends and family beg you to get out of that relationship. This is something that you get a good example of when you see the season with Hannah Brown and in The Bachelorette specifically with the guy that was named Luke. 
where everybody was telling her this guy has something off with him. He's weird. He's bad. Everyone was warning her. But she didn't decide to cut him off until he decided to shame her for her sexuality. For her, that was her fuck you, fuck this, I don't need to deal with this anymore moment. And that's where you need to get to. I remember I've had men be so fucking disrespectful and be so like mediocre towards me. But I had to have that one moment where it was like, I cannot tell my friends this. I cannot tell my family. This is just truly embarrassing. I do not deserve to be treated this way. What would I want my friends to do? I would want, I would want my friends to block that type of person, right? So that's where you have to get to. Ideally, I mean, ideally you don't get put in a bad situation, but that's where you need to be. And you would think, oh, for that to happen, I must be very angry. I must want to start yelling and pop tires. No, actually. And yeah, you can be angry. You can be disgusted. You can be irritated. That's for sure. But all you need to do is have that moment of, I don't have to live like this. I don't need to keep living like this. I don't deserve this. I can do better. And that's the hardest thing is that when you're in this position, you truly wonder if you ever can do better. You equate so much of your value of being in a relationship that you think that not being in one is going to say something about your intrinsic value as a person. To which I would raise the question, could you potentially be codependent? I brought this up in my last episode about ghosting. It's like, why do we have such a visceral reaction to being ghosted? Is it because we tell ourselves that the only way that we can have a fulfilling life is by being in a relationship? That's not true. And you know what? You might not have four to six years to like put on the line to get to that place of being annoyed, irritated, disgusted, or just feeling like it's been long enough. You gave it your all. So how do you get to that place if it's not coming to you? Well, you have to create the moment. And by create the moment, I mean, be honest about what you want. Be honest about what's not fulfilling you about the relationship. Are you just happy to be in a relationship just to say that you have one? Is it filling a codependent need of yours? Is it because you're enmeshed? You know that being enmeshed is not a good enough reason to stay in a relationship, right? And you might even be saying, well, I don't know who I am without this relationship. Even more of a reason to get out. And yes, I know that's like the most terrifying thing to be suggesting to someone who's in this position. But trust me, you literally are going to be so much happier when you do have your own identity outside of it. And all the things that you will achieve and the path in life that you will go down that's not because of that person is going to be such a reflection and product of you. You'll be so happy you did it. But let's get back to being honest with yourself. You need to be honest with yourself about what's not fulfilling you in the relationship so that you can have that conversation with that person. And where does this lead you to? Potentially being rejected by that person. Because a lot of times we're afraid to ask for what we really want or express how we really feel because we feel like they will reject us. They will leave us alone. We will end up abandoned. Our worst fears will come true. We will be forced to find an identity outside of the relationship. We will be forced to find a new source of entertainment, a new source of excitement, a new high. When really our friends, family, hobbies, passions, and careers and things that we're trying to learn are all the things that bring that to us. So stop dancing around what you want. Stop playing their game of being chill and being cool and matching them at their unemotional fuckboy level. You have to put yourself and them in a place to have a conversation about it. And yes, this will probably end with them telling you straight up that they just like to fuck or that they only want to be casual or that they don't think they can do better than you or that they want to see whatever is out there. They just aren't done dating. They just want you around on the sidelines, whatever their reason is. Whatever the reason is that's not aligning with you, that has you going in and out and being miserable and makes you feel like, oh my God, I need to move on, but I can't. You need to be put in a position for an honest conversation to happen or to watch them completely avoid it and to let that avoidance of the conversation be your ick. No, this cannot happen over a text message. Maybe you can try it over the phone. 
in person is best because when you see their face and you see how little fucks they give, that's where you really get sickened, grossed out, and disgusted. My podcast episode, Situationships End When You Stop Asking How They Feel and Start Asking How You Feel, is a great example of this. And I highly recommend it if you're going in and out and you want a little bit more on this topic. The goal of having this conversation is for you to stop pretending to be them. Stop pretending to be malleable to them. Stop pretending like you are okay with their half-ass level of delivery and put them in a position where they have to pretend to be you. And no, not in the, oh, but I like you and I care about you, but I don't want to date you type of way. In the, hey, I want a serious relationship. I want something with an outcome. I want to be stable. I want to be healthy type of way. And to actually live up to that. Because what's going to happen is you're going to realize, damn, I was really pretending to not have needs or emotions or feelings or goals or outcomes. And they can't even meet me there. Like they can't even pretend right back. They were giving me crumbs. You're going to realize the crumbs you've been digesting all along from this individual. Quick break. I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. I'm going to insert an ad right here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. All right, back to the topic. On top of realizing the crumbs that you've been digesting all along, you'll also realize that by hiding what you actually are, who you really are, and what you really want, you are not only cheating yourself, but you are trying to control an outcome to a situation that you have absolutely no control or say over. And that is how another person moves in relationships and how they feel about you. Because if this was a person who only liked you because you were pretending to be low effort for them or low maintenance for them, then they didn't really like you and the relationship was living on borrowed time anyways. And in that case, they were trying to control you and how you move in relationships. You guys were cheating each other. From my personal experience, whenever I played toxic games, the only thing that it achieved was keeping me with toxic people. Because these relationships felt like a tug of war. They felt like a chess game. It felt like we were both calculating our every thought and every move. When to be low effort, when to be dramatic, when to be high effort. It's very mentally exhausting and that energy could be better spent. And with somebody who just freely gives it to you. You don't need to be actually fighting with this person back and forth about when to show up and when to show out and when to not. Another great thing about being raw and honest with yourself and this other individual about where you stand and what you want and giving them the opportunity to tell you, hey, that's not me, is that you feel like, damn, I really did everything I could to make this work. There's this feeling of having fully explored every outcome of a relationship and trying to give it your all that will make you realize, I don't have to try any harder. That's enough. At this point, it is truly forcing it to the degree that should make you feel uncomfortable. And with all that being said, if you still don't want to move on, after the conversation, after this podcast, after your friends and your family and all these things surrounding you, telling you that, hey, girl, it's time or you need to make it time, you might just keep living your life out in a way that keeps you in that relationship. You won't allow yourself to distance yourself from the relationship. You won't allow yourself to grieve the loss and you will always keep the crumbs of hope alive. And this is the part where you might live in the shame of never admitting that out loud because technically you should be moved on. After horrible treatment, years of no relationship, and even the emotional turmoil that you have been through. But here is the tea, the truth of the situation. 
A guy who wants you will snatch you up in the first one to three months. He will never drop that ball from that point on. And he will not give another man the opportunity to take his place. And no, not in a douchebag territorial way, in the way where it is a man who values relationships just as much as you do and who also wants what you want from a relationship. Because a douche master will sit there and be like, oh, well, I just don't want her to be happy. I don't want her to move on. I don't like seeing her with other people. So let's say you are four to nine months of dealing with somebody who has you in this experience where you're starting to feel like you should move on or that you want to move on. But you also feel like, wait, could I sneaky link my way into a relationship? Could I still get something out of this? Maybe they just need more time to figure out that they love me. Babe, they would have done it by now. I'm telling you, it would have already happened by now. It would have happened again and again and again. So what do you do when you're at this place? Well, you have to accept that the situation won't change and neither will that person. And you have to use that acceptance as a moment to detach. And fun fact, you can be allowed to feel all the emotions of hurt and upset even after accepting them and the situation. But don't make an identity out of it. And I said this in the episode about ghosting, but it applies here too. When you are separating from a situation that feels painful, you have to tell yourself, today is the day that I am starting my healing journey. And then guess what? A week out, you'll tell yourself, I started my healing journey one week ago. And the thing about the healing journey is that it's not clean. It's not always sunshine and rainbows. Don't tell yourself that because then you're going to feel like you're not actually healing. What makes me feel good in these moments is that another day will pass on and I'll tell myself, you know what, it's been one week and one day since I started my healing journey. It's been one month since I started my healing journey. And yes, sometimes the healing journey means that you will lose friends. Your life will feel boring because you don't entertain toxicity anymore. You don't have fuckboys to see late at night on the weekends. You don't have that rush of racing to your car at 2 a.m. when you get that text message. And at first, it's going to feel very disruptive. But one of the ways to deal with boredom is by letting yourself be bored. Eventually, you will find the peace and simplicity in these situations. I know for me, the Scorpio would try hitting me up at 9 p.m. after I had unblocked him, unfortunately, after six months. And I'd be in bed with my cat. I already did my skincare. And old me would have been like, you know what? I'm gonna come over there with my wet hair and skincare right now. I don't give a crap. I just want to see this man. And then the part of me that was like, no, I did my skincare. I'm with my cat. I'm cozy in bed. And this guy didn't make a plan with me anyways. In fact, he's disruptive to my peace right now. That's how you'll feel about anybody who tries to invite that into your life. Hopefully, eventually, you'll get there. Don't be mad at yourself if it doesn't happen overnight. But just know that if it's not in your nature, that beating yourself up about it and telling yourself how toxic, dysfunctional, and broken you are for wanting things like this is not going to help you out. You just have some habits that are built within you that you have to learn yourself out of. So lean into the purgatory of healing, lean into the uncertainty, lean into the slow songs, and just know it's completely normal to still grieve and be sad and even feel like a little bit of anger and upset. You will have to actively work your way through detaching from the situation. But just know that like you do have your own life to live. You do have your own identity outside of this relationship or the toxicity that comes from it. And your value is so much more than your status in society based on whether you have a man committed to you or not. And if you just don't want to move on, the real tea is that you just haven't seen what you needed to to move on. Eventually, you will see it. Whether it takes six years or 12 years, it will come to you. But by then, hopefully, it's not something that's super destructive to your life and something that has set you back. The goal here with this episode is to get you to get out of that place within four to nine months. Ideally, to not let it take up more than one year of your life. 
and to push you to have that conversation where you make it happen, where you get the disgust out of the situation by being like, hey, this is what I want. Are you there with me? And letting them say, no, I'm not. Are you here with me? I'm being low effort. To which, if you have followed my teachings, my young grasshopper, you will say, fuck no, I'm not. And you will let the relationship fizzle out. Usually this is where you guys ask me, how do I break up with him? Girl, I have a whole TikTok video about how you can do it over a text message, but maybe we need to make that a podcast episode. But yeah, you can do it over a text message. Don't make it hard. And no, it doesn't have to be a crazy paragraph. So that, my lovelies, is today's podcast episode. I feel like this has been a long-awaited one, but um, it's one of those things that you can't really see until you leave the heats of an emotional situation. That is only when you are truly able to see the situation logically. So hopefully, by the time that you guys watch this episode, you're in your emotional state, and then maybe you can come back and revisit it when you're in your logical state and be like, wow, it makes so much sense. I hope it helps you out. I hope it helps your friends out if you decide to send it to them. And uh, if you guys like this episode and you want to leave a direct commentary and feedback, as always, it will be available on the official Fleekazoid YouTube channel. I love the feedback that you guys give me there directly for the episodes. And by the way, it is the best way to support the podcast on the YouTube page. Also, if you want to support me on your podcast page, make sure to hit the follow button or subscribe wherever you're watching me from and leave me a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify, wherever you're watching me from again. Leaving a nice little comment is always appreciated too. If you do want to support me financially, you can do that through the Fleekazoid Patreon. Well, actually, it's just my Patreon where I'm called Fleeksy on it. It's $2. It's just to financially support me in creating more content just like this. If you have any suggestions for episodes that you would like me to do, please IGDM me where I am Fleeksy or email fleeksyfeedback at gmail.com. When you send me feedback, let me know what you want me to talk about specifically. I had people send me some more suggestions for talking about situationships, but it's like, babe, what could I say that I haven't already said unless I have like a new revelation? Be very specific about what you want me to say when it comes to situationships, please. Or, you know, any topic that you want me to talk about. As always, I am Fleeksy on literally every social media channel on TikTok. Twitch, Instagram, YouTube, and then I have my little other YouTube channels. So follow me everywhere. Thanks for watching, guys. Have a great day. Bye.